Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Chicago here on ESPN 1000. Lots to talk about today. Brian Hanley is right there. I'm Mark Zander. Boy, that game last night on the uh, south side, that was quite unexpected, but uh, gives the Cubs fans maybe some hope. Brian? Oh, I. For today? I, just, I don't know I'm about still, that. I'm still drunk off of champagne after that big win victory. Last <laughs> right. Night. Well, you, you look, look. Lance Lynn made some mistakes, but the Cubs did what they had to do. They capitalized, and I'm I'm glad for I'm glad for the Cubs. It did not look good on the South Side for the White Sox, but you know what? They're professional baseball players, and they did what they had to do against a otherwise dominant pitcher. And we know that Lance is going to bounce back from this. Do we? Uh, okay, I mean, I, I get the Dallas Keuchel deal. Lance Lynn, I, I didn't see that coming, right? No, and right. So when Dallas Keuchel puts you in a six-run hole against the triple-A uh, Iowa Cubs, I get it. And now he's he's saying, well, yeah, you know, why would I be on the playoff roster? And, that, you know, why would you? I mean, it, it, but for the money owed him, he might be DFA'd uh, before the season. Well, we t- yeah, yeah. You know, Jesse and I were on yesterday. We talked about that. And uh, we just wondered at, uh, you know, what, what decisions could be made when. And if the playoffs started, you know, today or tomorrow, yeah, uh, Dallas wouldn't be there. But we did not expect what we saw from Lance Lynn last night. However, we do have the offense on the south side to rebound from something like that, yet we didn't. Alec Mills really stymied the White Sox. And he's uh, he, he's shown recently that there you should have some faith and belief that he can be you know one of your top three pitchers moving forward. What that gets mm-hmm. you as a, as a Cubs fan, I'm not sure, because Kyle Hendricks is your ace, and God bless him, you know, with all the wins he's had and, and led the uh, majors with victories, it's terrific. But this is all about hard-throwing pitchers these days, and the Cubs don't have that in Kyle Hendricks. But it, it is a bigger-picture question, and, and Rick Hahn talked about it a little bit uh, before yesterday's game about, you know, now the Sox are 7-8 and eight in their last 15. This is their 16th consecutive game without a day off today. As they finish the series, the uh, mm-hmm. rosters expand on Wednesday. So interesting things. But he talked about wrapping up the division. And no one has a doubt that they're going to do that because they've been resting comfortably with a double-digit lead in the division forever. The bigger question, you said if the playoffs start today, basically what would your confidence be as a Sox fan in how far this team could go? And that's one of our Twitter polls today, Mark. Um, would you believe they would get to a World Series would they get to the ALCS or would they be an early out? Because we've seen them dominant for stretches. We've seen yep. them hit rough patches. We've seen the bullpen be as advertised. There's going to be, you know, one a lights out bullpen. We've seen it struggle. And Michael Kopech the other night joined uh the the crowd that's had rough moments moments of late. And so yes, he did. Kimbrell. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. He he really did. Um and, and that's and, as a White Sox fan. That's why if I were to answer this poll, I'd be like, uh, you know what? They're not getting to the World Series because here's my problem. The inconsistency is, you know, it's either lights out scoring 17 runs or yep. it's zip. I mean, it's been like this all season. It's a incredible roller coaster we're riding here. 
and that bullpen is not lights out. And there are times where we'll bring them in with a lead. How many times has this happened? And we let teams back in the game. And so these are concerns. Now, we do need it. I would imagine the guys need a day off. It is the dog days of summer. It's been awfully hot. Yeah, you know, uh, I know these are professional athletes, but, you know, they need a day off, and hopefully that day off will refresh them. But yesterday, Alec Mills was really, really special. And uh, is so I don't want to come off saying that the White Sox gave the Cubs anything. The White Sox gave the Cubs the opportunity to, uh, you know, capitalize, and that's what they did. Yeah, and the Sox still 10 games clear in the division. No one has any doubts of winning the AL Central. But this has not been about winning the division uh, for for many months, right? Right, no. When when Cleveland trades you one of their top players, that tells you (laughs) all you need to know about the division. They're waving the white flag. For sure. Um, It's about, you know, is this team a year ahead of schedule? Whatever that schedule would have been uh in the front office i don't think anyone actually writes down here's what we're you know here's where we are in entering the 2021 season but they are here and they are 75 and 56 and on pace to win 93 games um but it's about can you win a world series and that this year the even with all the injuries and the inconsistencies you said where is your confidence level as a Sox fan three one two three three two three seven seven six Interesting because it's frustrating to see Alec Mills or not. It's it's to have to come back and win a seventeen thirteen game because you, you you were you know dug a hole the way you did against with Dallas Keuchel, but Lance Lynn putting in a hole that you know that, that there's just enough little kind of you know bugaboos here for your Sox fan going man I don't I mean my buddy Northbrook Bob was on Twitter the other day Mark mm-hmm. uh, uh, during the uh, the the game before uh, the Cubs series where you're saying, well, you're up, what, 7-1, to 7-2? He's like, you know the tying run is going to be facing the White Sox at some point in Toronto, right? Just the way things have been going. Yes. And he was almost right. It was 9-7. But uh, they, I don't think the tying run actually got to the plate, but your, your, your laugher of a game turned into a nail-biter. And that's that's the issue. Now, I would love to say that this is all part of them getting ready for the playoffs and they're going to have it all screwed together tight once the playoffs come. But we don't know that right now. And there are times where we go deep into a game where where we're, as I said before, letting those uh, letting the opposition in and making a game when we have really hammered them with the offense. So the bullpen, uh, I think Tapera's been great. Kimbrell certainly had his issues the other night. Uh, talking about it yesterday with Jesse. We're going to have Jesse on today. But talking to Jesse about it yesterday, you know, the 17-13 uh, OK Corral shootout was, that's a bit different for uh, 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 Craig Kimbrell. And not to make excuses, but he definitely isn't the, the guy, the lights-out guy. Now, the other day, he did have, a ninth inning save, and he looked dominant, and he looked like the Craig Kimbrell that we traded for on the south side. But you know, these there there are many different issues here that have to get straightened out for a deep run into the playoffs for the White Sox. And, and Jesse has pointed out numerous times that Kimbrell's ninth inning ERA was zero point zero zero, right when he was trading mm-hmm. for the White Sox. And you know, I I know that. Tony LaRusso said right away, no quarterback controversy here, you know, no egos here. And both guys, you know, said that they'll do whatever they want. They're team guys, and I get it. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is the numbers say that Craig Kimbrell's a ninth inning guy, and you, you get yourself in a little bit of trouble, and he gets himself in a little bit of trouble when you don't give him the ball in the ninth inning. 
Yeah, you know, yesterday having conversation about that very thing, it's like, okay, what do you do? Do you have Craig set up for a Monday save if you need him? And if you do need him, then is it uh, Liam the next day? Is that the way you play? We have two lights out ninth inning saves, savers possibly, that we just bounce back and forth and, and work a, a Lopez deep or a um, or a Tapera, which I think Ryan Tapera has really been good for us. So these are things that they have to figure out. But You're welcome, we, by the way. You're welcome for that. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I do appreciate your uh, – <laughs> yeah, you've givers. been so nice to us on the South we're side. Givers, yeah. yeah, we're givers. <laughs> well, you, you know what? Look, you're going to see – no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're going to see Nikki Magical next year, and there may okay. be a time where I, I could, uh, you know, tell you uh, thank you, or, or you're welcome, Brian. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, it's it's something that has to be figured out. And we'd like to think that these pitchers are, like, ready to go whenever, they, whenever they're needed. But they, you know, the mentality of being that, uh, that, uh, that hot gun that comes in and just closes them down, that's a different thing. And there is – there is something, as we talked to Jesse, there is something that, you know, makes these pitchers very, very special. And sometimes not putting them into a very extremely high leverage situation is, may not play to their strength. I wonder, Mark, how many Sox fans uh, turned over to see what uh, Justin Fields was doing uh, during the game uh, yesterday. Me? Me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, you know, that's the other story we're keeping our eye on, yeah. obviously. Uh, preseason wrapped up, thankfully. But it was one play. I get it. I mean, just one play. And Justin Fields makes something out of nothing and finds the end zone. And, by the way, you know, I would like to see more of Jesper Horstead myself. Um, wow. No kidding, he, right? He helped. He, you know, he, he had the wherewithal and the knowledge and the instinct to break for that end zone when he saw Justin Fields start to scramble. But as soon as he made that special play in an otherwise mundane outing, I my phone started blowing up with friends saying, hey, you know, I don't care. I want to see this guy. Text, you know, you know, I'll live with all the rookie mistakes. I'll live with the growing pains. I, why, why would you not be starting him against the Rams? And I get, you know, Matt Nagy will try to tell you why, and I my my head explodes when he tries to tell you. You know, <laughs> I was saying, he was gonna he'll take about five minutes to tell you why, and you're still not gonna be sure what he just said. Yeah, let's hear a little bit of something after uh, last night's game, right? Because uh, he once again, it's all about Justin Fields and what we'll take to get him on the field. And the head coach earlier in the season seemed to maybe open the door just to crack that we we see him in the season, but certainly not game one. Yeah, I think that he's at a point right now where he's the level where we thought maybe he'd be at coming into this thing. Um, you never know, right? And and he's he's done a lot of great things. So I would say that with our situation, with where Andy's at and where he's at, that uh, he's done everything he can to make us feel good. That if we were to put him in the game or had to put him in the game, that he would that you know he would do fine. He would do fine if they had to put well, him in the game. Look, look, that was that was. Uh, I'm proud of Matt. That was straight to the point, and I think I understood what he said. Yeah, but he's ready he, if they need him. But there's normally, still no answer there, Brian. There's still no, no, no hard answer there, except for we will see Andy. We don't know how long we'll see Andy. It was sure exciting to see what Justin did. We have missed that type of. Um, how do I want to put it here? That type of uh, uh, insight. That type of thinking on your feet. That type of make uh, play of making something out of nothing. I don't. When's the last time we really had that from a quarterback uh, in Chicago? Not in my lifetime. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's it, look, if we've had flashes of it, it's been brief, but this was really, really nice to see. And, um, there's a good reason why people are excited to see what they saw last night. That gives you a glimpse into the future. But then again, we've heard the line of, okay, do we want to put Justin in when the O-line really isn't as tight as we need it to be nowhere near? That could uh, you know, uh, expose him to possible injury. There's all kinds of different storylines going here, but we need to see him as soon as possible. How quick that will be, that's up to coach. Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Do you put him out there with the offensive line in the state that it's in? And mm-hmm. my response to that is, tell me how that offensive line is going to be appreciably better four games in, six games in. You got a 39-year-old Jason Peters. You got a Fetty. You know, good Lord, he looked awful yesterday, right? First first play, first snap. Yeah. You know, where's my guy? Oh, he's, he's taking my quarterback down. Um I mean, I don't, for the whole argument of the, boy, let's not get Justin killed crowd, tell me tell me how this, you went out and got a 39-year-old who was basically retired by the league, and I hope Jason Peters is all that, but he wasn't all that. He looked slow last night. So tell me if if that's the one of the determining factors that, oh, boy, we couldn't put Justin Fields out there. Tell me how Andy Dalton is going to fare behind this offensive line, and tell me what the Bears look like I don't know, five, six games in, if this offensive line is what it is and Andy Dalton is who he is. I mean, are they a 500 team? Or are they a two and four team? What, you know, what does that look like and how does that change the thinking of Matt Nagy and his staff? Well, that's true. And Brian, think about it. If Andy's, who has a better shot at surviving a leaky O line, a Justin Fields or an Andy Dalton? We know Justin is very mobile. And there's the other argument of let's look at how Justin can make the O-line look better because Mm -hmm. he is so mobile and he can make plays. So I think it's actually an excuse that, you know, it doesn't really carry water to me because I think Justin could make the O-line look better. We, it is what it is. We're going to have to make the most out of this season. This should be interesting to see how this uh, shakes out. We're going to end up coming back and talking about uh, Sox pitching. We've got Tom from Oak Lawn kind of freaking out. So we'll be uh, bouncing between baseball and football today on ESPN 1000. It's Brian Hanley. It's Mark Zander. And we'll be right back after this. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. On your home for the Chicago White Sox, ESPN 1000. We've got Game 3. Cubs and Sox on the south side. That'll get underway at 110, pregame at 1230. Following us here on ESPN 1000, it's Brian Hanley. It's Mark Zander, 312-332-3776. We're talking about what happened last night on the south side. Uh, Cubs won 7-zip, blanking the White Sox. Uh, Lance Lynn did not look great. Alec Mills did look great. And we're going to go to Tom in Oak Lawn. You know, he's got some concerns about the pitching on the south side. Hey, Tom, good morning. Hey, what's up, Sander? What's up, Hanley? Uh, first of all, regarding the uh, the Bears thing, I am, I am thoroughly convinced that Matt Nagy just wants to do 
the opposite of whatever the fan base wants. So we need to start clamoring for Andy Dalton to start the whole year so that he can change his mind. He's you know, George, I like that. I like that. He's George Constanza of coaches. Yeah, do the opposite. Exactly. Exactly. And then regarding regarding the Sox, like I'm I'm Irish. I live on the South Side. I believe in superstitions, jinxes, and I believe in not. Uh, saying that the Sox have won the division until they actually have won the division. And then the offense, I don't know, it's starting to look like like Cubs 17, 18, 19 inconsistency. And then I thought with the trades it was supposed to shore up the bullpen. And then you have Hendricks blowing saves uh, recently. You have Kimbrell having another game where he gave up like three runs in an inning. Kolchak hasn't looked very good. I mean, Tapera has been the only uh, reliever that I really uh, trust coming out of the bullpen that, as of recently, and they don't really use him that much. I I put him in the seventh over Kolchak right now. I, and then now the uh, the starting pitching is that we give you have Keuchel giving up six runs in the first inning uh, the other night, and then Lance Lynn uh, last night giving up seven runs, and he's supposed to be like the Cy Young uh, candidate. I mean, I, I'm I'm very concerned. I mean, we shouldn't be giving up, you know, shouldn't be giving up 13, 13 20 runs to this Cubs team that's being constructed right now. I mean, the one thing, if it was still like the Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, you know, type Cubs, but I... I, I barely know anybody on this Cubs team. Maybe uh, maybe Patrick yeah, Wisdom. Hey. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you can't keep what, you can't keep on? you can't keep a Patrick Wisdom down. Yeah, right? thanks, Tom. Here, yeah, come on. Now. Well, I tell you something. Patrick Wisdom's really stepped up. I mean, he's got to be part of the future in uh, the uh, on the North Side for at least a, a, few, a year or two. Right. Yeah, he's thirty. He just turned thirty yeah. the other day. Right. Uh, God right. bless him. I mean, I'm, I'm. That season he's had, the few months he's had. I mean, that bright. Been, it's a bright spot. Uh, in it's unbelievable. Very dark room. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, unbelievable. I give him his props, but you know, if that's your foundation, and we'll talk to Jesse, and you talked to him yesterday, the, the idea that Wilson Contreras now has got one foot out the door. Yeah. And, you know what Jesse said that to me yesterday. I I was I was dumbfounded. I I really did not see that coming. Uh, but. You know, we've got to trust that they know better than us. Right, Brian? No. <laughs> right, right. No. And what Tom was saying, look, I get it. It's easy to freak out when you got a guy that's a Cy Young contender doing what happened last night. But you know what? Everybody's going to falter at some point. You're going to have a bad game. And right. on, the, on the other side, Alec Mills had a great game. Okay, but here, they're four yeah. and six in the last ten. All right. Right. Now, still, again, 10 games clear of, in the division. Don't worry about it. Run differential, unbelievable, 127. Still a losing record against winning clubs. Yeah. 22 and 26. By the way, Cleveland has 22 wins against teams with over 500 records. I know a lot oh, that's of people, a great point. Yeah. A lot of people are not, you know, big on that. But guess, guess which teams are in the postseason? Teams with only the records. good ones, yeah. only the good ones, Brian. So and Rick Hahn addressed the stretch they're in and, and the, the grind they've gone through. And this is game 16 with no days off. But we've seen, uh, Mark, you, you brought up the inconsistencies, guys like Lance Lynn joining the crowd now. Yeah. Rick Hahn, the general manager, um, you know, even Keel, keeping it in perspective. Let's take a listen. Look, it, it, it's been a, a 
excellent group effort in uh, along two main avenues, I would say. One, keeping the focus on doing everything in the, their power to win tonight's game, uh, given the personnel that was available to them. It's been a challenge at times from a health standpoint, uh, whether it's guys, you know, obviously on the IL and unavailable or just dealing with day-to-day issues that need to be m- maintained. Uh, Tony and the staff have done an excellent job still making do and, and and doing everything in their power to win that night's game, even though they may be a little undermanned on a given occasion. Uh, the second thing is, is that, you know, Tony had a meeting at the start of this stretch uh, once we got back from Field of Dreams with the group talking about how this was an important, almost dry run for the postseason in terms of focus, uh, that it's difficult it being August and, and the time of year and the, and the schedule that lay ahead of us. But at the same time, this was an opportunity to measure up against some of the more difficult opponents in our league and and the focus and preparation needed to rise to the occasion. Uh, And I think, you know, those two things considered, the team did a very good job responding. Well, uh, you you know, ahead of the Crosstown Classic, seven and seven through that stretch is not good enough to win you a playoff series. So, and, and that was against the Blue Jays and the Tampa Rays. So, uh, you know, yeah, we, we've got some major improvements to make. And last night, um, you know, how to explain, obviously Cubs do not have a winning record. And this is something that uh, all year the Sox have been beating up on teams that don't have winning records. So last night was just really strange uh, as far as what we saw from the White Sox. But again, Alec Mills. You know, he did good. I feel good for Cubs fans because uh, they they could at least take take yesterday and uh, celebrate for just a little moment in an otherwise rough year, Brian. Yeah, and a lot of Twitter response to our Twitter poll. If the playoffs started today, uh, how far do you believe the White Sox would go uh, World Series, ALCS, or early out? And a lot of people weighing in. And uh, you can get uh, add Mark, add Xander Rocker, 1R. Yeah, yeah, one R, all one word. Yep. Yeah, and you can uh, find me at Brian Hanley five three four, and uh, so also a Twitter poll. If uh, you know how desperate are you to see, want to see Justin Fields? Would you? The question is, would you want to see Andy Dalton fail in order to see Justin Fields start? So you can weigh in on that at ESPN one thousand as well. Kyle Wynn responding to the White Sox question: They can't seem to score runs consistently. Doesn't seem like a good formula for success. If they score, they score a ton, but it's a big if sometimes. This team always seems to play up on the big stage, and the games are pretty much meaningless right now, so it's hard to gauge. And the opinions, Mark, kind of range all over. You know, you know, uh, Some people are just saying, eh, don't worry, they'll be fine in the playoffs. They're getting healthy. Other people are like, no, no, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about what's going on. Well, it's easy to be worried because we're taking it game by game. And when you see something like yesterday, and let's face it, the day before, you know, with uh, Keiko giving up six runs, but then we saw the offense rebound, but then we saw the Cubs come back into it. You know, it's certainly making it interesting, probably more interesting than we need to make it on the south side. We're going to talk to John and Evanston about Sox pitching. Good morning, John. Hey, guys. First of all, about fields. Um Let's just say I want to see that offensive line get fixed before they even think about starting the rookie as far as the Sox go. You know, it's a 10-game lead. The guys know they've pretty much clinched it. They're in more of a relaxed mode right now. I would like to think if they were in the East, which is anything but clinched, 
they would be playing much more. They would be playing under, you know, they would be playing much, much, much more competitively than they are now. Hmm. John, like can we afford for them to kind of lay back? I mean, you know, because I, you have to get into a mindset for the playoffs. Well, you, you know what? I would say try to keep them as competitive as you can, you know, because of the situation they're in. But I would say within the last 10 to 12 games of the season, use the same lineup every day like you would in the playoffs and get them into a playoff type um, mental mode at that point mm-hmm. and see how they do. If, if they, you know, let's say they're, they're down the stretch drive and they're getting ready to start the playoffs. Let's see where this club is at, at that point. But for now, I mean, you're, you're, you're playing guys you wouldn't normally play. You're trying to give everybody a break. You're, you're looking at your pitching situation. I would say, like I said, the last 10 games of the regular season, use the starting lineup, use in the playoffs, and let's see what we can do. Yeah, but, you know, it's sure, it's making us uneasy. And, and I get what you're saying, but, boy, what we saw last night is just not going to work. And, and that's not an indication of what we're going to see in the playoffs, but it certainly is uh, one of those situations where we're taking a game-by-game basis, and right now it's not looking good for the Sox. Okay, but if Rick Hahn yeah. said that Tony La Russa had that meeting after Field of Dreams, right, that this is a simulated playoff stretch, that the, you bring the focus because yep. it's a grind and all that. You responded with four and six, okay? That's and not good enough. Yeah. I know, you know, Steve Greenberg, our buddy in the Sun-Times, even during the Tampa series, is like, hey, could you see, could you try to have the mindset that Tampa still seems to have? They're nine and one their last ten, and it looks like they're not, they haven't, you know, taken a little pause, and, you know, they're up and up five games on the Yankees, who, by the way, since that Field of Dreams game are, are nine and one. I mean, yeah, they're lights out. They're really scary yeah. coming out of these. Right. I mean, so if if the manager has a meeting and says, okay, guys, you know, let's let's go get them this stretch. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a mental grind and, and a physical grind and everything else. And this is the result you got. Now, not awful. It's not one and nine. It's four and six. But it's one and one against the Cubs. And you had to come back from probably a, a, a 2% win probability to win 17-13 Friday night. Um, it's just, I'd just, I'd love to hear from Sox fans like John, where your your confidence level is right now. It's, you know, wake me up when October rolls around because everything's going to be fine. Or you think, wait a minute, you know, this team's good enough to win the AL Central, no doubt, but uh, can I get, I want to get to the World Series. I want to win a World Series. Is that is that the team you're watching right now? Yeah, well, yeah, look, uh, we we think we've got what it takes to get to the World Series. And uh, what we're seeing now, after that meeting, you've got a great point. It's just not good enough. And it'll be interesting to see how we progress because we need to – everybody needs to find their level, right? I mean, we we need to find how Kimbrell and um, and um, Hendricks are going to work out and how they're going to work that dynamic out because we need them. You know, one of the callers said to Perez – probably been the best reliever and look at look at Lopez you know Tapera and Lopez should be used more because they're really pitching very well right now so I think Tony Tony has to figure out how to get everybody the time Kopech you can't sit Kopech because he had a bad outing because you're not going to get him back into a rhythm to get back to where he needs to be so you have to put them in there you have to give them shots and everybody just has to find find their uh their groove again and it's uh you know time 
is running out. We've got a month left. Yeah, DHS1992 on Twitter said matchups in the AL look really tough to predict, in my opinion. Right now, I'd say early out, but may look different in a month. And no doubt it may look different in a month. And I would argue it would have to look different in a month if you really do believe this is a World Series uh, team that uh, can have a chance to win everything. Right. And uh, and the Keuchel issue is uh, really an interesting one. I guess his next start is really going to be telling, right? If he even gets I, I a mean, next start, I, well, I would imagine he does. I would well, then, but does. Mark, let me ask you this: I mean, he's got a yep. five ERA. The last, the recent ERA north of six. Um, I don't, I don't know, you know, how many start you, the Jake Arrieta uh, IL is stint coming soon. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know yeah, many, yeah. You know, we did make that point. Is this a Jake Arrieta situation in the south yeah, side? I, I, I don't know. There are enough starts for him. I mean, he is who he is this year. I don't know that that changes in the next month. And if it doesn't, and he doesn't make the playoff roster, can you really bring him back next year and pretend that this was just some sort of season long blip? And and I know what you owe him, but. I mean, yeah, I, I, interesting future for Dallas Keuchel. I think he's got one year left on the three-year deal, right? Yep, yep. And uh, no, I, I, I'm not sure. At this point, we don't know he's going to make that uh, playoff roster. And, uh, you know, if we go down to a four-man rotation, certainly he won't be part of that. He might go to a three-man right rotation. Uh, look, if he doesn't make the playoff roster, then I think you want to get Kopech in as a starter next year. I think Del, Dallas Keuchel is wearing a different uniform next year. Yeah, quite possibly. We are going to uh, come back and uh, dive more into the Crosstown Classic game number three today. It's the rubber match on the south side, 110 first pitch. We'll have your pregame at 1230 following us here on ESPN 1000. And we'll take your calls on Justin Fields, 312-332-3776. We have a few polls and we'll eventually get to the uh, rock poll as we like to do on a Sunday morning here. ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Yeah, we're talking Bears this morning on ESPN 1000. Brian Hanley, Mark Zander. We also are talking about the uh, White Sox and Cubs Crosstown Classic Game 3 today. Now, before the break, we had asked to hear from you Sox fans. Are you worried about the Sox, given what we saw last night and even the night before and the uh, road trip that included uh, games against the Tampa Rays and the uh, Blue Jays. Earl on the south side, good morning to you. Good morning. So hey, you're worried. guys this morning? We're good, we're good. So hey, you're worried, you guys this morning? We're, we're good. Yeah, I'm heading home, man. I had to grab my phone real quick and stop. Look. Okay, okay. So are you worried about the White Sox, Earl? No, I'm not. Okay. Remember back in 05? Yes, oh, certainly yeah. do. The White Sox <laughs> could not win a game in the nope. second half. Cleveland was on our tails. The last yeah. two weeks, last three yeah. weeks, 13, what did they, you know, they, they came within one game, didn't they? Of, came not, within one game yeah. of getting us. Yeah. We couldn't win a game unless Contreras pitched. That's Early, right. Anybody. We couldn't win a game. So these things happen in a long season, 162 games plus the playoffs. Mm-hmm. These White Sox are going to be all right because they can hit. They Earl, do have starting pitching, yes. That 05 team, look at that rotation, what they did as a group historically, right? I mean, yeah. I, I don't – You did, does this rotation compare to, to guys you can give the ball to, like that that group that Ozzy could give the ball to? And, that, and, and by the way, they went through three closers that year, right? So they got to, That's right. to the yeah. big men. Yeah. To Bobby, yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty much the same, you know. 
You're going History to develop the trust itself, when bro. that playoffs start. When that playoffs start, the trust going to be there. Tony is looking at what he's working with. The Sox are ready for the playoffs. They can hit. They got pitching. They're going to close. He got. I believe that Campbell needs to be the closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I, I don't disagree with you there. And I think Hendricks has to figure out where he fits in. And he said all the right things, right? He said things like, look, I will pitch in the second inning if you need me to. I'm a gamer. Just tell me what you need me to do. He's got to figure that out. But I think Kimbrell is our lights-out guy. Steve Kimbrell, you have to because this guy, uh, Liam, you can pitch him anywhere. He don't care. He's jacked up. He's good to go <laughs> yeah, no matter that. what. Yes, he's he is. He's a slim Bobby Jinks. We got him. <laughs> we can use him. So don't worry well, about the socks. Don't stop believing in the socks, fans. Okay. We can lose the next 10 games. Don't worry about it. Remember okay. five. Don't stop believing. Yeah, bring well, the dust. Okay. Blow the dust Very good, off Earl. the journey song. There we go. Yeah, that was that That's was perfect, it. Earl. Yeah, thank you, Earl. From Don't be a stranger, Earl. Yeah, 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 yeah that again, was Earl. great. I feel better now. I totally feel better. I think Earl has straightened my head out. <laughs> is that all it took? Yeah, well, maybe not, but uh, <laughs> at least for the moment, Brian. At least for the moment. I mean, he brought up some good points, right? You know, it but is then, a but long this, season, this, and look what happened starting, in 05. This yeah. starting rotation is not the 05 rotation. I mean, go back and look at the number of wins your starters got and how deep in games they went. Oh, and, yeah, I know. It's a different story in that uh, respect, and, 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 sure. Yeah, and, and by the way, it's a different era because now what you know, what are what's the likelihood it's home run or nothing, right? I mean, yep. Now, Grandal comes back in his first game, and it's two three-run home runs, right? Eight RBI. Welcome back. Yeah, yeah. We we needed him. We just uh, you know that seventeen uh, thirteen game was really really wild. Um, we've got Dylan Cease on the mound today for the White Sox. Uh, who's starting for the Cubs? Do we have it in front of us? Hendricks have today. That, oh, Hendricks. Okay, that's going to be a nice matchup. We uh, Jesse and I had a uh, a nice uh, uh, little session with Dylan yesterday. He joined us on the show uh, for ask us ask Dylan anything. He was a great sport. But boy, I'll tell you, he is going to be one of our uh, top row, uh, top pitchers in the next year or so. His stuff, Lance Lynn has come out and said his stuff is the nastiest on the staff. Well, he I just said, has to find that consistency. Yeah, I, I said when the trade was made, he was the throw-in, right? And but what you a throw-in! You can't you can't coach hundred plus mile an hour, so, and that's what he had, and now he's harnessed it and learned how to use it. And looks like he's more than a keeper uh, moving forward. So that trade is going to go down as a, does, maybe uh, you know is a Cubs fan. Uh, top three disastrous moves made by uh, Theo and Jed. That that's in the team picture. I mean, you know, the uh, Ian uh, Stewart was another one, but that one where you give your South your your crosstown rivals two guys for a guy who who didn't do much of anything here, and when he wasn't hurt, he was just mediocre. He's no longer here. That that one is uh, that's going to stick for a while. Well, certainly it has. But in that moment, Brian, being a Cubs fan, in that moment, did you have hope that that was the right move, or did you know right off the bat that that was a bad move? I didn't know. I didn't know it was bad. I just thought it was too much for Contreras. Too much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and certainly it was. But in that moment, you even thought it was too much. And one of our Twitter guys said, "Well, hey." Cody Hoyer got Eloy Jimenez out, so Cubs win that trade. Yeah, right. <laughs> have you yeah, guys seen the a... odds for today? Oh, I would oh, guess no. no, no. Dylan C's favorite. Dylan C's is the favorite. He's a heavy favorite too. Really? 
listen to this, all right? And for anyone who likes Tyler, value, Tyler Rocky joining us. Show our yes, great producer, yes. by the way. The odds for today: the Sox are minus two fifty-five on DraftKings. So that means oh. you're getting Kyle Hendricks at plus two hundred five. Yeah, I'm not and, saying I think the Cubs are going to win by any stretch, but you don't often get Kyle Hendricks with a two in front of his eyes. No. And to, to, for just for uh, comparison and contrast sake, Friday night, Sox were minus 300, were they? I mean, was that about right? Probably something absurd, yeah. Yeah, something They were probably absurd. something in, in the neighborhood of minus 200 last night, too. Oh, and you know what? It might have been last night because it was Lynn and not Dallas Keuchel. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah that would have been last Even night. if you took the Cubs with the with the runs, give them the plus one and a half, you're still getting plus odds there at plus 105. Well, here here's the bet. I wonder... Do you take a five inning bet? Because Kyle's, you know, hopefully he'll right. stick around for five innings. And you, so you take the value because Kyle's getting that two in front of the number. And you're not sure what the bullpen's going to give you. Although, you know, not so bad yesterday. Um, so, yeah, so that's interesting. And they're almost begging you to take Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, they? Cubs <laughs> they in the are. first five are plus 185 yeah. today. Yeah, I don't know. And when it looks too too good to be true, it's like the Bears over under and, and wins in, in Vegas, seven and a half. Yeah, everyone's like, well, of course they're going to be better than that. The defense is great. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure. But, you know, they're, they're begging you to go over when I think the smart money, I guess someone tweeted at us, the, the most money coming in Vegas is on the under on the Bears. And that was before they probably saw the last couple of games. Yeah. That Are they an eight-win team or twelve-win team? What oh, oh, yeah. I don't know. And in a seventeen-game season, it's seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. That, that's discouraging. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's the line tonight is amazing. Um, but Dylan does good against. Uh, uh, he has done good against the Cubs. So I don't. I don't know. Maybe. But that's still not a bad bet to take. Yeah, I, I think I will just sit and watch that one. That one just looks too too. You're gonna sit. You're gonna you're gonna keep your money in your pocket and just watch. At least on that game, Mark. Yeah. it's tough to do. <laughs> there are a lot of other games you can. Yeah, no, no, no. There. I understand. <laughs> I understand. But at least for that game. All right, we're gonna come back and talk about something that happened this past week in the world of rock and roll, and we've got a uh, a rock poll up at uh, ESPN 1000. It's uh, Hanley and Xander here, ESPN 1000 on a Sunday morning. We'll be back with the uh, rock poll and more talk about the Crosstown Classic and your Chicago Bears here on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. All right, we're talking uh, Crosstown Classic. We're talking Justin Fields and the Bears. And we've got to bring up something that happened this past week. Perfect lead in. Brian Hanley, Mark Zander, we just heard the Stones there. Uh, Brian, we lost Charlie Watts, drummer of the band, the Rolling Stones. Been there since the beginning. We lost him at 80 years old. I know you must be a Stones fan being a classic rock guy. Absolutely. And, and when the news came out that he was not going to be on tour, you know, I, I had no idea. It was he, 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 you know, beat throat cancer once. So I, mm-hmm. I don't, I, we still don't know exactly what he passed from. But Well, he did have a procedure which yeah. precipitated him staying back from the, uh, the tour that's going to be, you know, a limited date tour this fall and the no filter tour. 
And he he did release a statement through his spokesperson, basically uh, uh, paraphrasing here that, um, you know, look, uh, my my recovery is going to take a little longer. I don't want to hold the fans off, right. especially after the pandemic. So the show is going to go on. Steve Jordan's going to fill in on drums. And that's what we that's what we heard. We never really knew how serious it was. Exactly. Obviously, that's why. That's why the news was startling, yeah. even at 80s. Yeah, it was. And 80s, you know, young these days. I mean, when you're, that's a hard 80 for a lot of rock and rollers, but Charlie's married for the same woman for 46 years. By all counts, the glue that kept that group together when Keith and Mick were not seeing eye to eye was, <laughs> yeah, like, right there, was yeah. probably the last 46 years. Yeah. Um, yeah all the Glimmer yeah. Twins. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you have a great uh, rock poll question at ESPN 1000 Day, Mark. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're asking you. <laughs> and one of the choices are really a throw in. I don't think anybody would uh, vote on the uh, 90s or beyond. But we're asking you as far as where uh, your uh, sensibilities lie for the Rolling Stones. What was the best decade? The 60s, the 70s, the 80s or 90s and beyond? And look, they were active 90s and beyond. They they released Voodoo Lounge in the 90s. They've been active, you know, ever since the beginning in the early 60s. So for your money, what was the best decade? I'm going to be the guy who splits it up a little bit. I actually have a certain year span, Brian. I say 69 through 81 was the sweet spot for me and the Rolling Stones. You know, I, I love their music all through that. Uh, as, a, as a teenager, going into my college years, in, in the late seventies, early eighties, I'm embarrassed to say I hadn't, I did not see them live, not even in the nineties, really two thousands, um, at at was at Sox Park, um, of all places. Wait and a minute, you know, you and I might have been at the same show. The that was the only time they were show. there, right? I mean, they did, yeah. did they do two shows? They did because I read the reviews. I'm like, I got to go. I mean, it was they were always yeah. on the list. Uh, yeah. And and look, when I was a sports writer, I was traveling all the time. I, I mostly would catch shows on the road. I mean, I saw Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young at the old Reunion Arena in Dallas on an off day during a Stanley Cup playoff series. Um, and, and Young didn't play a lot. Neil Young didn't play a lot with the group at the time, so I'm like, I got to get over there. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a once in a lifetime deal. Yeah, yeah. but so yeah. I mean, I was traveling, and and you know, it was a Marv Albert's book. Was the title of his book was I'd love to, but I have a game. I mean, no truer right. words spoken if you were a broadcaster or or a beat guy, because you don't really get off days or off nights, and, and there eventually became no off season because you have free agency and trades and contract squabbles and people getting fired. You know, so yep. so yeah, I didn't get I, I didn't get to see them live, and you know what? They still entertain the hell out of me at that show. You know? I'll tell you, it was two thousand three. Yep. Uh, it was uh, the uh, uh, U.S. Cellular at the time. Yep. And the Pretenders opened. I was at that show, too. Mm-hmm. And exactly. the set list was exquisite. I it mean, was they great. did they did Undercover of the Night, which is an 80s song that they didn't do much, but it was a great song. It was a great set list. If you go back and look, it was amazing. It was a great show to be at. So you and I were at the same show. God bless. But I've got to say 69 through 81 was, for me, the sweet spot. And for me, the song Gimme Shelter is one of the greatest songs ever mm-hmm. put to tape in the history of recorded music. Don't disagree. I mean, yeah. don't disagree. There, there's, um, uh, there's another Twitter poll out there from someone I follow. It's like, what song's a 10 out of 10 and that most people don't even know? 
And I had a thought on that too, but you know, that, that set list, if that was the one show I was going to see as a stones and it was, I'm so glad I did. Right. I mean, and I know, you know, my, one of my brothers saw him a thousand times and, um, you know, because I don't know how many times I saw him in New Orleans. He went to school there. So it's just you have to see him at least once. And I'm glad I did. Yeah, I've got the set list in front of me. That date was September 13th of 02, not 03. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they actually did. They covered. I forgot about this. They covered the OJ's love train, mm-hmm. uh, which which was great. But, yeah, they did start me up. Brown sugar, honky tonk, undercover the night. Angie, you can't always get what you want. Wow. And uh, give me shelter, tumbling dice. Street fighting man and jumping jack flash were the first on. Uh, well, no, that was uh, the encore was Midnight Rambler, which was one of my favorite. And then I uh, can't get no satisfaction. That was a great, great show. I'm glad we both had the chance to saw, see them. I only saw them once. And that was the show. Had a lot of other near misses. But they're going to go out on this no-filter tour, Brian, um, because they already had a plan. I'm sure Charlie would have wanted it that way. But what happens after this? It'll be interesting. Keith Richards has been quoted as saying, Charlie is the glue. Yep. When he's not around, we're done. I don't know about that, but we'll see. I mean, certainly he was. He was. And uh, so many drummers came out this week saying he was the ultimate timekeeper, never flashy, but just a skillful jazz drummer as well he yeah, loved and you know jazz. you know how much tr- drummers actually drive a band whether it's oh, or not right i'm M- yeah. muddy max weinberg with bruce it, it just it that if that guy you don't get that guy right you're starting way behind no no that's people. the foundation that's the yeah. foundation that's the foundation you have the bass guitar that lays the foundation for everything going forward. So if you want to jump in on this Twitter poll at ESPN 1000, again, lost Charlie Watts at the age of 80 this past week, original member of the Stones. So what was their best decade, 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s and beyond? And we'll recap at the end of the show. We are going to take more phone calls on uh, what happened on the Crosstown Classic last night, even the first game, what we can expect today. Are we worried about the White Sox? If you want to chime in about what you're seeing from the Cubs, if there are any bright spots, if you're seeing through all of this and you're saying, you know what, this may be somebody. We're going to end up talking to Jesse Rogers at uh, 11 a.m. We'll get Patrick Finley in here at 1030. He wrote a great column in the Sun-Times today about that one play from Justin Fields. That was exciting to see, wasn't it, Brian? It was exciting to see. And like I said, it, it got you out of your seat in an otherwise <laughs> mundane and we'll go over we'll go over the preseason stats for both Dalton and Fields in one of our Twitter poll questions. If it meant Andy Dalton failing to see Justin Fields sooner than later, would you be okay with that? And we've got a lot of responses to that. Yeah, I can't Twitter wait poll. to see that. ESPN uh, 1000, yeah. Yeah, how that shakes out. We're back in two minutes with Hanley and Xander. 